January 4th, 2022. This morning's class and the classes throughout the week are Le'ilui Nishmat Aryeh Ben Sarah and Rafael Ben Rachel. I want to just briefly reflect for a moment together with you on last night and tell you how inspiring it was for me. First and foremost, to thank everyone for coming, to thank specifically Jeffrey Gindi for sponsoring it. But more than that, uh, ensuring that this cl- class happens in the most effective and best way on a daily basis. Everything short of helping me prepare for the class, Jeffrey Gindy's hand is involved. It's the order of the tables, it's the types of tables, it's the books, it's the room. It's as when someone's missing, it's uh, calling me to make certain that I'm calling them to make, un- make certain that they're coming. It's pushing the class to start on time, to end on time. Really, anything and everything short of preparing the class together with me. So thank you so much, Hazaku Baruch. Thank you to David Azar for bringing the, the wine last night. Rest assured, Zahava drove me home, so we, we were okay, but the wine was really uh, wonderful. But really, thank you to everyone for coming. I was inspired for several reasons, and I want to just uh, detail uh, just a few of them very briefly together with you. First and foremost, afterwards, I came home together with my wife, and we walked into the home with a tower of presence. And uh, for my children to see a tower of presence, not because of, I don't know, a wedding or something else, but to see that it was because of a class of people, and they knew it was a siyum, people learning Torah together with me, it was, it was inspirational for my entire family. Additionally, and I mentioned it last night, it was an opportunity for me to take in, although I know it already, the eclectic crowd that we have in all aspects of that word, the opportunity to see people and hear from people that it's the first or second siyum that they're involved with in a personal way, and then the ones who smugly smiled on the side, because I know it's their 20th or 30th siyum, that's something very special. It's a class which brings together people, I wouldn't say on all different levels, but with all different experiences, it's just very special for me. Instead of a homogenous crowd, which has that uh, everyone seeming the same and appearing the same and speaking the same, there's something really to be said for the eclectic and uh, heterogeneous crowd which comes together to study Torah every morning. But lastly, and perhaps most significant for me, was the many people who came up to me and told me, and it's always at the Siyum that I get to hear the success stories, how the Gemara daily class inspires their day, how it changes and fashions the way that they approach the mundane, quote-unquote, activities of life. And that was really, in my mind, that is the objective of studying Gemara on a daily basis. It's what I was referring to when I talked about Gemara not being just shinun, something that we repeat, but shinui, something that changes us. It's the opportunity to study together and develop a text which is thousands of years old and be able to find an inspiration afresh and anew every single day for each one of us. That's taking Rosh Hashanah from just being a Shana, which repeats itself and brings us back to a text which our grandfather and great-grandfather was involved with, to one which is Rosh, to one which begins my day, which fashions and forms my ideas, my my understandings. That for me is always inspiring, and again, sharing it and developing it together with you is the most inspirational part, so thank you to everyone again. Okay, here we are, in the Gemara, Masechet Sanhedrin, Andat Memvav Amudbet, eight lines from the bottom, right in the middle of the line, we began this yesterday, says the Gemara, Iba'aya Lehu, Iba'aya Lehu means the Midrash, the rabbis who were congregated studying Torah had the following question, Hespeda. When we eulogize, what's the purpose of eulogy? Now, it's not just a theoretical question. It'll have two practical ramifications. Is it yikara dehaye have? Is it in order to give glory and grandeur for those who are alive, to honor 
the relatives of the deceased by speaking about him. You talk about the family, you talk about his uh, closest members, or, or is it alternatively, the reason we eulogize, yikara de shachvet, specifically, and perhaps only, in order to honor the deceased, the person who passed away. ask the Gemara, what's the practical ramification? Okay, it could be one or the other, but we're going to do a hesped anyway. So you'll do it for one reason, I'll do it for another reason. Is there something that underlies this question in a practical nature, says the Gemara? One of two. If the person prior to dying says, don't eulogize that person, meaning himself. Now, in such a circumstance, if it's for him, if the hesped, if the eulogy is just purposed for him, he can make such a claim and we can listen to it. We should listen to it. Alternatively, if it's for us and those who are still alive, uh, he's not allowed to make such a claim. He's not determining my honor. I'm going to use him in order to honor myself. That's one ramification, whether it's for him or for us. Alternatively, Alternatively, it's in order to take money from the relatives. If it's purposed for him, in other words, the reason for the hespedim, the eulogies, is for the person who died, well now, me as a relative, I need to spend the money to get eulogizers. I'm a relative, I'm an inheritor, I need to now pay people. If it comes to that, once upon a time that was the, uh, the norm, you paid people in order to eulogize, that's my responsibility. If he didn't ask for it otherwise, I have to pay that money. Alternatively, if it's for me and my relatives who are the relatives of the deceased, well then we don't need to pay for that money. It's really two sides of the same coin. If it's for him, he could say, I don't want it. If it's for me, I could say, I don't want it. That's the question of the Gemara. Says the Gemara, several proofs to come to a resolution on this. Tashema, the initial one is from a pasuk. At the beginning of Parashat, Abraham lispod Pasuk says, Abraham arrives. It appears as if he's coming from somewhere. He wasn't there already, together with Sarah, lispod Sarah to eulogize her, and to cry for her or about her. Just parenthetically, I always enjoy this pasuk, not because it's mourning Sarah, but because of the order in the pasuk. Lispod Sarah sounds like the opposite order. Generally speaking, a person cries first after hearing about the departure, about the, the, the dying of a relative, and only then do they eulogize. How come over here, Abraham is lispod l'sarah v'livkota? So for many years, I had one approach to the matter. I may have even mentioned it this year, but Rabbi, da- Rabbi Dr. David Eliach, when I was telling it to him once, and I was asking him what's peshat, he said to me, weren't you ever at a real hesped? I said, of course, all the time. So no, not the hespedim that we do in America. He said, a real hesped. I happen to have been at, quote, real hespeds. He was talking about hespedim in Yerushalayim. They still do it the old-fashioned way, both Sephardic and Ashkenazic. When they get up and they speak at a hesped in the traditional way, the maspid, the person gets up and is crying and is, is sobbing and screaming as they're speaking. There's no rational approach to the matter. There's no uh, formulated approach. They certainly have planned it beforehand, but the way that they're speaking is immediately filled with tears and cries, which they're forcing out. That is the surata de hespeda. That's the way it's done. That's what it means. Lispod kota means the hesped brought to crying. Of course it was crying beforehand, but the hesped is supposed to bring to crying. Once in a while you'll have hespedim, you'll have eulogies on 67th Street which bring to crying. But generally speaking, they're a little bit more, dare I say it, a little colder and they describe the person's life. 
of course, the person who's speaking might cry, but it's not provoking the cries of others like the old. Anyway, that's the description. That's the Pishat and the Pasuk. I'm convinced he got me on that. means he's eulogizing, which brought him and others to cry. Anyway, that being the case, the Gemara cites this as a proof. What's the proof? If you will argue one of the two sides of our, our question, that the reason for hesped of eulogies is for the honor, for the, uh, for the kabod, the yoker, the yikar of those who are still alive, well, Abraham caused the people, whoever it was, his son and others, to hold up the burial of Sarah until he arrived. Now the pasuk again says, "Vayavo Abraham He's coming from somewhere. Rashi, citing from the midrash, says he's coming from Haramoria, from Akedat Yitzhak. Uh, whether that's you know whether that's Peshat or not, he's coming from somewhere. Well, that being the case, if he's coming from somewhere, they held up the burial for him. What's that? You do it right away. Uh, maybe if it was for her, I understand. But ultimately speaking, if it says the Gemara, that's right. Sarah Gufa Nihala. Ironically, says the Gemara, it's possible that this was for the Yikar, yes, of Abraham, but Sarah herself was happy with that. What do I mean by that? Well, Sarah wants her husband, Abraham, to have the honor of eulogizing her. And as a result, it was her will as well that you hold up the burial so that he properly eulogize her for himself. Again, the question was, if it's for Abraham, are you really going to hold up the burial? I understand if it's for Abraham, and Abraham is there. It's for his honor. But if it's for his honor, you're going to be bizayon to the mid. You've got to do it immediately. Answers the Gemara, no, she would have wanted that even for his honor. Why would she have even wanted Heck yeah. She wants him to be honored after her death as well. Says the Gemara. So this proof holds up that it's for the living? No, we can't. It, it means we can't disprove. We thought we were disproving that it was for the living. Right. The answer is you can't disprove it, which means either way. It means we're still up in the air. We're going to have... What's that? They delayed the burial. Makes us believe, for good reason, he had to arrive, which means they held up the burial. We thought that was a proof. That's not a proof. This is a pasuk, if you remember, by Aviyah. That was the son of Yeravam. And Interesting question. Um, uh, okay, but that certainly you can make the argument uh, either way over there. It could be for the Yakar of her or for him, though, at that point. In other words, now you need a proper burial plot, but they could have buried her on the countryside. In other words, it was actually a little bit, and we know this historically, it was a little bit strange and unique that Abraham did that, because we know historically during that time period, and probably others as well, there were two types of burial plots. You had in the cities for the city dwellers, and then those who were the nomadic uh, countryside people, like Abraham, would bury on the countryside. And the city people had the sarcophaguses and things like that, which is Efron, which is Me'arat Amachpela. Those on the countryside, heke, you had your farm, you had your place, you put it over there, you put the body over there. Abraham, ironically and out of character, goes into the city where he never lived and buys a burial plot for her over there, which is a fascinating thing. He never lives in a city 
but he buries in a city. You know, so it's a schmooze in and of itself. But what I'm telling you is that's, that could go either way. I mean, once, once he's there, it's no longer holding it up. That's like the Aron, like the Tachrichim, which we said is no question over there. You do it for the Kabod of the Met. Says the Gemara, This is the Pasuk by Abiyah, the son of Yeravam. If you recall, Yeravam is nervous. He sends his wife to try to figure out what's going to happen to his son. And they find out from the Navi that your son, this son, will have a eulogy, he'll be buried, but none of your other children. If you were to argue, if you're going to tell me the reason that we are maspid, we eulogize, is for the honor of those who are alive. Are you telling me the family members of Aviyah are righteous people? It's Yeravam, one of our most rotten people. His children, whom the Pasuk tells us will not have regular burials, clearly are not righteous people as either. So the fact that they're eulogizing him, you have to make the argument, is not for the child, is not for it's not for the living family members, it's rather for the person who deceased. We can resolve our issue that it's for Yekara de Demet, for the person who passed away. Says the Gemara Nihalehu le Sadikeh. Now the righteous people are very niha, it's very pleasant and very, very happy about even those who are wicked, they achieve a certain status, they achieve a certain kabod through them, which means to say, yes, Aviyah was the righteous one. And yes, the honor is going to be for the family members who don't deserve that honor. But ironically, he's happy and wants that honor because even though he's the Sadiq and they're the Rashaim, He'd be very happy, let them get inspired, let them get some sort of honor. Again, it means we don't have a proof. It's very similar to the Sarah example. Whereas you argued if it's for Abraham, you're gonna hold up the burial for, 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 of Sarah, the answer was Sarah would be very happy about this. So too over here. If it's for the family members, you're going to allow for hispid. We don't want a hispid for these family members. They don't deserve that yikah. They're not going to get the regular burial. The answer is, he wants it, and in turn, it's appropriate for them. Tashema, the pasuk by Yirmiyah, if you recall, Yirmiyah says about these wicked people in Anatot, there's not going to be a hispid for them. There won't be a kivura. Says the Gemara, uh, wait a second, uh, I think I have a proof over here. This was wicked people who were buried, and there's not going to be a hispid. Wait a second, if the hispid is for the family members, <laughs> then we should still be doing a hispid. Who cares if the one who was buried is a rasha? Who cares if it's a graveyard of rasha'im? Ultimately speaking, it's for us, the living ones. The fact that it says there's not going to be a hispid for them proves to us that it's for yikara demet. It's for the deceased one, of that being the case. We resolve that matter, says the Gemara, no, lo nihalehu le Says the Gemara, those family members who are still alive, those people who are going to be maspid, the reshaim, who would be, they wouldn't be interested in doing so. A righteous person, a sadiq, is not interested in taking honor from the rasha. They'd be very happy if the rasha takes honor from them. They're not interested in getting the honor from the uh, from the reshaim. And as a result, although I could argue that when you're maspid, when you do the eulogy, it's for the person who's eulogizing for those family members. Uh, and wait a second, why aren't you being maspid these rishayim who were buried? Ultimately speaking, that's not going to be an honor for them. They're not honored by, bury, by, by being maspid rishayim. It looks bad for them. It doesn't give them any honor or glory. Tashima says the Gemara, a little, another proof. Beshalom tamut, 
ומשרפות אבותיך המלכים הראשונים אשר היו לפניך כן ישרפו לך לפסוק is a פסוק in the context of צדקיהו המלך and the pasuk says by tzitkiya vehoy adon yispedu lach the most important words at the end of this pasuk and by tzitkiya wa melech that he was he was uh, he, he was gonna be, he was exiled to Bavil and he has a uh, he's told through prophecy from Yirmiyah you should know you will die b'shalom Nebuchadnezzar will die you'll be liberated you'll get out of uh, you know your bondage and ultimately speaking what will happen is and the Mishnah will tell us about this later on the way when Milachim when kings would die they would take all of their possessions and burn them the idea was we're not inheriting these there's no one to give these things to that was an honor this king is so important to us he's a part of who we are he's our honor our glory can't be replaced he can't just inherit his possessions they would publicly burn those possessions you should know Tzitkiyahu they're gonna burn your possessions that's a real honor. Furthermore, the hoy adon yispedu lach, you're going to have a proper hispet. Says the Gemara, via Marta Mishum Yikara de Hayehu, my nafkale mine. Says the Gemara, if you're going to tell me, if you're telling me that the hisped is for those who are alive, Sidkiyal really cares about those who are alive, whether they're going to give him a hisped or not for themselves. It's one thing if you tell me you're going to have an honorable death. I'm going to tell you what your death is going to be like. It's going to be with all the glory and fanfare of a king, and you should know everybody's going to derive honor from you. I don't care about everyone deriving honor from me. I care about my own honor. The fact that they mention it in the context of we're going to burn the things and we're going to... Uh, that's telling me it's for yikara demet demet. It's for the deceased one. Says the Gemara hacheka amar le liyakeru Israel. Uh, more than anything, it's a description. Tzitkiyahu, you should know, Yisrael, Am Yisrael, are going to have a regular, honorable procession, ceremony at your death, the same way they did for your forefathers. So yes, you're not deriving anything per se from their hespedim. It's for them. But why am I mentioning this to you? To tell you matters are going to go back to regular. Matters are going to be normal again. In other words, although you're in Bavel, although you seem to have been demoted from your status as king, you should know, Tzidkiyahu, things are going to go back to regular. You're going to have a decent death. And at your death, the way your forefathers, everyone took that glory and honor through their death for themselves, so too it's going to be, is, am I getting anything from this? Not necessarily, but it's going to be normal. That in and of itself is important. Says the Gemara onward. Another proof. We still have not resolved this. Every single one of these proofs can be read one of two ways. You follow A, B. In other words, we can't prove one way over the other. Tashema. This is a pasuk from Tehilim. Mizmor Tetvav. This is Miakum Miakum Mkom Kochecha Mishkon Mishkon. What's the pasuk? Miakum. Okay, anyway, it's the Pasuk. Who's going to be the one who dwells in your, in your sanctified abode? The Pasuk is eluding me the amount of times. Yeah, that's the pasuk. There it is. Anyway, it's just, uh, it's the individual who has arisen, who has rose to the uh, to the highest of statures. So the pasuk says nivze be'inav nimas. Those are hard words to explain, but I'll tell you the way we're being doreshem in the Gemara. Nivze means something that's a bizayon, something that's uh, shameful. Be'inav nimas, in his eyes, it's hard, it's not certain which way the word his eyes goes, but anyway, nimas means it's also disgusting. 
And the derasha is going to work as follows. If something is disgusting in your eyes, God, the person who's really righteous, who has risen to the highest stature, to him as well, those matters are very, those are lowly as well. You know, it's kind of saying, he puts on the lenses of God. And as a result, although this person, although this thing in our society, in our world, has honor, has glory, to this person, nimas to him, it's nimas, if it's nivze to you, God, it's nimas to him. Says the Gemara, you know who this is talking about? You know who rose to this level? It's one of our most righteous kings. What was the status of Hezkiyahu Melech Yehuda? Shegirer atzmot aviv al mitashel havalim. His father, Ahaz, was a, was a uh, what's it called, a uh, wicked king. And Hezkiyahu, uh, after his father's death, instead of uh, glorifying and honoring his father in a regular burial with a bed which had gold and silver of some sort, in other words, a coffin of that sort, he takes his father on mitashel havalim, on a, on a bed, on a, a coffin which is made out of rope, which is very lowly, which means to say, here's an individual who says, even his father, who was a wicked person in the eyes of God, but it's his father and it's his kingdom who he's continuing, he was willing to put down his father after death. Says the Gemara, Says the Gemara, if the reason for after death, hisped, and anything that you're doing to the person is for those who are still alive, so then Hiskiyahu should have been honoring his father. After all, the honor is going to him, not to his father. And says the Gemara, we've resolved it, it appears. The honor after death in Hesped and anything and everything else that's done is for the deceased one. And as a result, Hezkiyahu did the right thing in the eyes of the Chachamim by not honoring his father, says the Gemara. Maybe the reason that Hezkiyahu was doing it is it's true, not actually honoring his father per se, but he's looking to achieve kapara, atonement for his father. And as a result, even though it's not giving him honor, even though it's, it's not uh, per se giving him that, that, that uh, appropriate, uh, he's looking to give the kapara to his father. The Gemara says, how is he getting kapara? Means even after death, if you're not treated appropriately, we'll re re return to this. In some way or fashion, your legacy is changed and that achieves for you some, some modicum of... of how do we ever determine what kapara is? What can I tell you? The hachamim's understanding. They'll quote more along these lines in just a moment or two, that that's the way, uh, uh, I guess you have to work with masorit. I certainly do not want to be uh, determining these matters after anyone's death. But again, what's, what's just in terms of the give and take of the Gemara, the Gemara thinks it couldn't have been for the yikar of Hezkiyahu, because after all, if it was for his honor, he shouldn't be treating his father in such a fashion. It's about his own honor, not his father, the, the wicked one's honor. As the Gemara, even though it's for his honor, he's achieving kapara for his father. Says the Gemara, umishum kapara da'avuha mashule liyakra di Israel. And because of the honor of his, uh, excuse me, because of the kapara for his father, he's willing to waive the yakar for Israel. Keep in mind, the king just died. The king's father just died. So Am Yisrael can be getting their own glory, their own honor, which our counter-argument is, that's the way, that's who we're doing it for. And because of his father's 
self-kapara, what you're nervous about, you're willing to waive the honor of the entire, entire nation of Israel? Answers the Gemara, Yisrael gufayu nihalehu demiyahalele yakrayu legaber. Yeah, he, uh, he was clear and he understood that uh, in appraising the mindset of Am Yisrael, they'd be very happy over here. They're happy if their previous king got kapara, they're willing to waive their Yikar, their honor and glory for that. All right, well, that's what the Gemara has established. The Gemara still doesn't have a conclusion. We thought we were so close, the most rotten of kings and the greatest of kings, and the greatest of kings is not doing what would be his honor and Am Yisrael's honor, says the Gemara, but they all wanted the kapara for the rotten one, and even though it's for them, they waived it in such a circumstance. Tashima. Another, bit, another proof from a Beraita, Amar Lahen. This is about Rabbi Yudah Nasi, Rabbi, the, the editor, the author of the Mishnayot. So says the, says the Beraita, Amar Lahen, he turns to his students, to his children, prior to his death, and he tells them, Al tispeduni ba'ayarot. When you, uh, you have to go, and uh, the Gemara Masechet Ketubot makes it clear, he passes away in one place called Sipori, and they need to carry his body for burial in a place called Bet She'arim. And it's going to be a travel along the way, a journey along the way, and the understanding is they're going to stop along the way at specific junctures to be maspid, to eulogize. Says Rabbi, here's how I want you to do it. Don't stop in all the small villages and tiny cities along the way. Only do it in the larger areas. This way, the smaller cities will come congregate together with them, and you save the smaller eulogies. Now, clearly, in this, in this vision, in this instruction, what he's looking for is the greatest and nicest hespedim. If you're doing just a lot of small ones, you, lo- you lose berov am hadrat melech. You lose the opportunity to have everyone together. Who's he doing this for? If you're telling me that this is for the glory and the honor of those who are still alive, Rabbi is planning his hespedim prior to his death and stating this is the best way to do it for you guys? No, he seems to be doing it for himself. And as a result, he's saying this is the greatest way to honor me after my death. Kasavar says the Gemara, I can can counter-argue. Says the Gemara, Rabbi realized there's going to be a certain glory and honor to Am Yisrael after his death. And the greatest way for them to get the glory and honor is if they do the Hespedim in mass, if they're able to have large gatherings. So he's not per se doing it for himself, he's using himself as the instrument for achieving uh, that Yikar uh, for Am Yisrael. What's that? No, 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 we, we knocked it out. We counted, we. we it's going to take a few more lines. Tell you. you see the two dots? We've got, about, we've got six minutes and so 12 lines. Come from before, uh, the Odyssey, so we couldn't prove anything. We tried. We tried, Navi. We're down to the Bihudanasi. You're right. Yes, we're going somewhat chronological in terms of this. Tashema, helino likbodo, lehavilo aron, vetaklikin, eno overalav. We're down to our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said there's an Isur of Halanatamet. Even if the person was not hanged, you need to bury immediately prior to nightfall. That's the way you're supposed to do it. However, if it's lichbodo, for example, to bring an appropriate coffin, to bring the, uh, 
the garments with which you're going to dress the person who passes away, and all ver alav. In such a circumstance, even if you extended the period of time, that's okay. Says the Gemara, my love, lichvodo shilmet. The Mishnah says, helinu lichvodo, helino lichvodo, for his honor. For whose honor? It's in singular. It's for the honor of the deceased one. You need the proper coffin for him. You need the proper clothing for him. Or her says the Gemara, "Lo likvodo shel hai umishum kvodo shel hai." Excuse me, umishum kvodo shel hai. Says the Gemara, "No, kvodo means even though it's in the singular, even though in context it appears as if we're talking about the deceased one. Now we're talking about who's kavod. I can make the argument. It's a little bit of a stretch. It's for the ones who are still alive." Says the Gemara, "Umishum kvodo shel hai mabit le limit." And because of the honor of those who are still alive, similar to the Abraham question we asked earlier, you're going to hold up. The burial of the deceased one? Come on. I mean, I understand the honor of the, the living ones. So let them do a nicer hesped. But you're going to hold up the burial for them? In, says the Gemara, indeed. Says the Gemara, yes, indeed. The Isur of Halanat Hamet is not just a Gezerat HaKatub. It's not just the Torah says, make certain that you don't let the body stay out there. The issue is, Bizayon. The issue is, it's inappropriate, shameful to the body. As Rashi says, it appears as if nobody cares about the body. That's the issue. Over here, as long as you have a reason why the body is out, why the body is not being buried, that's not a bizayon. What's the reason? For us. Okay, that's a good enough reason. As a result, it's not a bizayon to the body. In other words, again, the only issue of halanata mitz is an important point, is because it'll be shameful for the body. Now, it's hard for us sometimes to determine what's shameful, what's not shameful. But if the argument could and is made, well, in such a circumstance, we will withhold or we will hold up, rather, the burial in order to bring forth the honor for the family members. Uh, there have been circumstances in history where we, you see, they, I, I once read a Teshubah in which they were talking about how, how long can you, can you, especially with, uh, with, with freezers and refrigeration and so, so forth, we don't have decomposing in such a quick, quick way any longer. Can you hold up in order to X, Y, and Z determine that something is done appropriately? Can, if there's, a, if there's a, a passing right before Rosh Hashanah, can you hold up for two days, three days, and, until you do the burial? So not, no simple answer to any of these sorts of questions. I remember they brought proofs from the fact that there used to be from Syria and from Iran and Iraq, and they used to carry the body on donkeys and trains and all sorts of things like that to Israel. Clearly, if you're doing it for the yikar, if you're doing it for the appropriate burial, you're able to do so. Not so simple how and when. There was, about 200 plus years ago, major controversies at the beginning of what, what we now know as Reform Judaism and Haskalah. In the beginning stages, there were major controversies and difficulties about the parameters and ramifications of making such determinations, but this is our Gemara. Our Gemara is really teasing out these issues. Tashema, we're arriving close to our conclusion. Helino lichbodo, alav ayarot, mekonenot, aron This beraita doesn't just mention the coffin doesn't just mention the garments, it mentions as well the kabod, it sounds like of the deceased, in order to get the word out, you want to put it on the, uh, I don't know, the Mag and David email, or alternatively, whatever, you want to uh, post the Pashkavillan throughout the streets, whatever, you need to hold it up. Once upon a time, you used to hire women who would come and cry. There were professional 
criers once upon a time, or, or the, you know, those who would wail and, and sing uh, sad songs, but you don't have them ready. You need a Okay, says the Biraita, you're not over on the Isur of Halanatamit. Explains the Biraita, Shekol there it is, there are the words. Everything you're doing is for the kabodov. This time it doesn't have that ambiguous word, lichbodo. Lichbodo for his honor, his honor, his honor. Here it says, lichbodo shilmet. How are you going to get around this one? Lichbodo shilmet is explicit. We're doing it for the yakar of the met, which means that's the purpose of hisbed. That's the purpose of anything and everything that's taking place after the death. So says, well, no, we could get out of that one as well. Anyone who does it for the kabod of the living, there's no shame for the deceased. Which means, say, we're twisting the words. Even though it says, lichbodo shel met, it means lichbodo shel hai, which is for the met. Right, so we're still stuck. Final proof. Says the Gemara Tashema, Rabbi Natan Omer, Siman Lamet. You should know, and Jared, here it is. What do you want me to tell you? He says, I'll tell you what a siman yafe, something appropriate for the met is. Very, very briefly beforehand. Now, we're going to read this, and I, we need to take this seriously, but I will tell you, just as a joke before we read it, at weddings, when it's raining, I always smile to the kala, and I say, siman beracha, of course, right? As I mentioned this at breakfast a few days ago. Of course, siman beracha. Listen, the Gemara does say it's a siman beracha. I'm saying it to the bride to make her feel good, as is everyone at the wedding because well, when it comes down to it she does not want you know, neither does the groom neither does anyone want rain on that day Siman Berachah is a very nice and appropriate way of uh, calming them down the Gemara takes it very seriously in this context after the death of a person Siman Yafeh and I believe Rabbi Natan means it I don't think he's just saying this the way I say it to make them feel good I think at his core he believes what he's saying how does he know this Jared? Maba'arif is he uh, wishful thinking? I'd, I'd like to think not I'd like to think he's speaking some sort of truth it's a good sign for the person who passes away if they quote unquote pay him back or her back after their death for example a person who passes away and there's no one to eulogize or they don't eulogize they never get buried or for whatever reason, an animal grabs the body and is dragging it around. Or there's rain beating down on the body as it's exposed outside. This is a good sign for the person who passed away. Clearly, that which is taking place after the death, where you would think you want the hesped, but you don't have the hispid, but don't worry, that's okay. Ultimately speaking, this is positive. It's a kapara of some sort. Who's this all purposed for? The deceased one. Now, there's a, that's the conclusion of the Gemara. There's a very basic question. Bach, on the side of the page, Hadgahot Bach asks a very simple question from a Gemara just at the top of our page, which you may have forgotten about in the back and forth of this Gemara. If you recall, earlier on the page, we had the story with Hizkiyahu HaMelech. Hizkiyahu HaMelech, we said, why is it that he's burying his father on the bed, on the mitah shel Havalim? Clearly, it's not for the yikar of him, of the living. It's rather for the yikar of the dead. Answered the Gemara. What was the Gemara's answer? No, it was in order to give kapara to his father, which means to say it's really for his honor, but it's for kapara to his father. So then what's the final line here in our Gemara? Final line here in our Gemara says that it's for the kapara, para of the deceased. 
Clearly, it's for Yikar HaMet. What are you talking about? We could say it's for Yikar HaChai, Chizkiyahu, but for the Kapara of his father. So too over here, I could say it's for the honor of the living, and it's Kapara for the deceased. How did the Gemara have a final conclusion like that? That's what Bach over here on the right-hand side says in, in Aleph. It says, Nechtab Betzidon Yun Bet. Kashe, Hare Besamuk, Kabe Tashemami, Der Binatan, Mevuar. It's clear. De Davkaim Hu Mishum Yikara De Shachve, I Ika Lamet, Eze Bizayon Hare Hulo Kapara. Aval Yimushum Yikara, I don't understand. You can't have it both ways. The Gemara here is arguing you could say it's for the honor of those who are alive, and nonetheless, we're trying to get kapara atonement for the uh, deceased. And now, our conclusion of the Gemara oh, if it's for kapara of the deceased, clearly the whole purpose was for the deceased, and he leaves it as a question. The answer has to be Rabbeinu Yonah, something along these lines. The Gemara shifted. Initially, the Gemara thought it could be a little bit and a little bit. Really, it's for the honor of those who are burying, those who are still alive. A little bit could be for the deceased as well, kapara in that respect. The conclusion of the Gemara is, no, even though they didn't really tell us this, it's either or. And as a result, if there's some kapara that we're talking about for the deceased, that's all it is. It's only for the myth. And that is the conclusion of the Gemara, which means to say, just concluding this and putting it all together, if the myth, if the person prior to their death says, don't be maspeed me, remember that was the nafkamina, you're not supposed to be maspeed them. If they demand or request no eulogies, it's for them, it's not for you, you can't override them. In She'elotu Teshubot Teshubah Me'ahava, there's a well-known Teshubah in which he recounts that after Pene Yehoshua, who was a very important Polish rabbi, passed away, no da'bi'uda who was the chief rabbi of Prague at the time, was maspidim against Sava'at uh, Amit. When Pene Yoshua said no hispedim, no eulogies, and he nonetheless went against and he said he doesn't have the ability to make such a claim. What are you talking about? It's Gemara Mefureshit. It goes based on the deceased one. He's the one who has the ability to make the claim. If he's a leader of all of Am Yisrael, was his vision. In that circumstance, we take that decision away from him, which means to say, and Jared, I can't tell you how we determine this one either. What's the Gadol Hador? What's the leader of don't know, but we'll know it when we have it, or we do know it when we do have it. And as a result, even if they make the claim, and the Gemara says you have to listen to them, not for them. Just about everyone else we do. The conclusion of our Gemara is it's hespeda, it's for yikara deshachve, it's for the honor of the deceased. And as a result, if they request, if they demand no eulogies, that's their prerogative, their decision. And you can't and should not eulogize. Baruch Amen. Amen. Amen.